live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Feminine Conversation. I am Amy Gernot, your host, founder of Strong Soft Wild, programs for feminine embodiment. Glad to be back with you today on my second show for 2020. If you're just, if you missed the last show, I was letting everyone know I had to take a bit of an extended break because I had the plague, basically, <laughs> the worst flu I've had in a decade. I was down for about 10 days, so had to take an unexpected extended break. But I'm very glad to be back with you kind of rolling out towards the end of the month. I can't believe we've only got another week left. That doesn't really seem possible that January 2020 is almost over, but here we are. So 2020 is is a big year on many, many levels. So from an energetic level, last weekend we had um, first full moon of the year and it was a really powerful full moon in cancer and no i'm not going to go into everything that means Um, but we also had planetary alignments that won't happen for like another 500 years or something crazy like that and so the energetics of it are really high they're really transformative um, and very powerful they can be um how do I say this really nicely? They can be really intense. So if you were feeling a lot of emotional stuff last weekend, or, you know, and and that might just be, you were just pissed off all weekend and you didn't really know why it could be that. And of course, anytime there's a full moon, it's kind of like the craziness comes out anyway in people. So last weekend was just really, really powerful. And then 2020 itself is just like this shift in transition in energy. And it's it's not something I'm gonna explain today. I'll do that on a future show. Um, I might have actually have someone come on and talk about that who has a bit more knowledge than I do, um, just to give you a really in-depth understanding of it, because it is really important to understand the energetics of what's going on. On a another scale, Um, 2020 is election year. And so I know for myself personally, I have not actually watched any of the debates. I haven't really paid attention to what's going on because I've got my own stuff going on in my life and I'm putting new work out and um, doing a lot of really great things. So that's really been my focus. So I haven't paid a lot of attention to what's happening with the election, um, what's happening with the debates, where everything is at on the Democratic side. Obviously, we know where we're at on the Republican side. So I haven't paid a lot of attention and it it is on purpose for me um, just because I know that the energy of it is really crazy. And like I said, I've got my own stuff going on and my own things that I'm focusing on um, going into this year. I shared on my Facebook page last uh, couple days ago um, as I came back from leading a retreat in North Carolina um, that my word for the year is purpose. And I chose purpose or it should say purpose is what came to me. because it really is about what is my purpose of being here on this planet. (laughs) You know, what is it that I'm here to do right now? It's going to change and shift as it has through my whole life um, in the past, and it will shift and change in the future. Um, But the purpose for me was a big word because it's really about, again, you know, the overall purpose, but also being purposeful in the things that I do on a day-to-day basis. Kind of the same thing as intention, but I don't, the word just had a different feel for me, purpose as opposed to intention. So it almost had a bit more, it felt more solid almost than intention. Um, Just like, this is my purpose instead of this is my intention. Um, Intention is almost like a future thing. Purpose is like a now thing. So um, it just, 
it, it became a big word to me because it's about the purpose of what I'm, the, what I'm putting out on my shows, what I'm doing in my work, what I'm doing in my personal life and just doing things with purpose behind them as opposed to it being really random and just whatever, whatever comes, comes and, and not having any kind of direction with it. Um, and sometimes it works that way. I won't start with direction, but direction comes in if I'm open to it and allow that to come through me as opposed to having everything really, really rigid. So I read this article, um, really a blog post a couple days ago by Dr. Kelly Brogan. Um, She's a psychologist. She's amazing psychiatrist, actually, I think. And she's really phenomenal. If you're not familiar with her, I highly recommend going to her website and checking her out. It's kellybroganmd.com. So it's K-E-L-L-Y-B-R-O-G-A-N-M-D.com. she thinks very similar to me, similar to me. She writes beautifully. Um, she has amazing programs for women. Um, a lot of what she started out doing, um, she has a great book called A Mind of Your Own, is she at one point in her career realized she was just mostly prescribing medication because that's what she knew that was her training. And she started to realize that it doesn't work. And so you're just prescribing antidepressants and and anti-anxiety and antipsychotics and all of those things. And again, you know, there's there's points where that can be a life-saving thing. But what she found in her own practice was that it wasn't helping. And so she's doing all of this stuff for people and they're not getting better. In fact, sometimes they're getting worse. Sometimes they're committing suicide. They're becoming really violent. All of these things were happening. And she's like, why aren't people getting better with all of the training and all the understanding and all the medication that we have, what's going on? And so she kind of began to realize through her own um, journey of having Hashimoto's thyroiditis and she actually reached out to a naturopath to figure out how to manage it because western medicine had no answers for her it was just here's your medication they're going to be on it for life and it's going to progress and there's nothing you can do about it so she worked with a naturopath and within about six months she completely is in complete remission does not have Hashimoto's anymore so she did that through diet lifestyle, exercise, um, stress reduction, all of those type of things are the tools that she used and she was able to completely reverse it within six months. And yes, that is available for people. Um, For some people, it might be shorter. For some people, it may be longer, but it is possible to put autoimmune condition into, into remission. So she just kind of went on this journey then over the next several years, um, her own emotional journey, her own spiritual journey, and really starting to understand that the way we're doing things is not working. It's not, I don't even say anymore. It's not, it hasn't been working. If you think about the progression up to this point of what we know about the body, what we have for medication, um, you know, how, how, how well we know things work to this point and all, think of all the diets, there's thousands of diets available to us. Think about all of these things, all these resources we have, and we are sicker than ever. It's not working. So we need a new paradigm. We need a new shift and we need to start making some changes in how we approach things. So that's kind of her story. And within the process of her getting to where she is today, she has another new book out called Own Yourself, which is absolutely phenomenal. I have it on Audible and that's how I've been. So I've been listening to it because I love I love being read to. I think it's really cool. So I love Audible. Um, so it's called Own Yourself. Um, and it's about the responsibility of each of us 
to take responsibility for ourselves and stop looking for the guru to fix us, to heal us, to make us better, to give us all the answers, that all the answers you need come from within. And that's where you want to kind of start. And so it's a phenomenal book. I'm about halfway through it right now. And I highly, highly recommend it. Again, that one's called Own Yourself. Um, So I highly recommend for anybody, man or woman, it doesn't matter. It's a bit more geared towards women. But I think it's a really important book for men to read as well. Um, So that's kind of who she is. And that's a bit about her story. So within her process, she's really, really kind of dove deep into the divine feminine and what the feminine meant for her, what the feminine and masculine are, and how to incorporate that into your life, how to understand how you're wired and to kind of work through that specific wiring um, and bring on the other energy when you need it. Again, everybody has both masculine and feminine, all men, all women, we both have both. You could almost get rid of the terms masculine, feminine. Sometimes it would be easier just because it's a little easier to break through with people um, for them to understand what those are because you immediately put walls up when you think about that. For a lot of women, when you say masculine energy, the wall immediately goes up because they're thinking danger. They're thinking oppression. They're thinking, you know, they're going to be hurt or damaged in some way. So there's that kind of thing. And then on the feminine side, when you say feminine, you either go to feminist Um, which has its own thing. And I'm going to be talking about that today, actually. And then you have on the feminine, we're thinking weak, we're thinking um, demure, we're thinking quiet and, you know, sit still and shut up type of deal. And so we immediately have a wall up there. So it is kind of hard to talk about it from those energies, but that's what they are. And so when we start to understand what it means to be in the healthy form of those energies that's when we can start changing that narrative and changing that conversation um so we don't have all this consternation around those words and we can start to actually create a shift in ourselves number one that's when first and foremost where it has to start and then on the collective and a whole because right now there's so much volatility there's a ton of volatility in the country and we've seen that we've seen that let's just say you know it's been there for a long time it's flared And it's definitely flared um, since the 2016 election. And, you know, even going, I guess you would say probably going back to 2015 when the campaigning really started is when we started to see like the tension come in, the divisiveness come in, the um, separation come in, all of the anger and all of that has been here. So when Trump coming onto the scene and that all being brought to the service, it wasn't because he just did that and it just you know, flared up that all that feeling, all that emotion, all the anger, the hatred, all of it on both sides, all of it has been there. We've just been ignoring it. Um, like kind of like I was talking on last week's show, when you're not listening to the small beeping signals that are going on in your body, that are the subtle signals that are telling you something's not right. And we wait until we get to this big booming alarm system going off before we do anything. And that's when we're at the point of a diagnosis. So it's kind of the same thing here is that there's been things happening. You know, we had the Me Too movement where things started to come to light and come to the surface. And there was, you know, actual conversation being had around harassment and, and you know, the how in-depth it's been that oh, I can't say there's not a single woman I know that has not experienced this in some way, including myself. Um, so it's there. But what we saw in 2016 was the explosion of the alarm bells. So all of the subtle things that have been going on prior to that just exploded onto the scene. And so here's the deal though. This was about Trump and Hillary. Okay. So I want to kind of talk through this 
article that Kelly Brogan wrote. Um, it's called Feminism, Feminism and the Election, the Gift of Acceleration. And um, it's pretty new. I think it's a new one that she just posted out. Um, so you can you can go and read that. It looks like maybe there was an original post that she wrote a few years ago, and then she's added to it. Um, especially coming from a woman to say there, um, and actually I think I just saw, I was in the airport, and so it's like my first, <laughs> the, the news was on, I think CNN was on, and I don't watch the news at, I don't at all right now. That's not a superiority thing. That's just to where I'm at, and I have my attention on other things. But So the news was on, and so I happened to look up while I was having dinner at the airport, because I was there for like seven hours, <laughs> and there was just this like blip of something about Bernie Sanders saying that a woman couldn't be president to Elizabeth Warren and I think I don't know if this was something a new conversation or if this is a conversation that I think it's a new conversation Um, and so of course there's a lot of outrage and uproar and all of these things around it so here's the deal Um, when it comes to the idea of a woman being president is that feasible well yeah of course it is uh, you know just as it's feasible for a man who's qualified to be president it's feasible for a woman to be quali- you know to be president who is also qualified um but what we saw in 2016 and i certainly felt this myself and it's kind of why i haven't really talked about my feelings around it because i know where the backlash comes from um so in 2016 i to be perfectly honest didn't want to vote for either of them for me it was like of the however 100 you know 300 million people in this country how did we end up with these two people to vote for because for me neither one of them represented me I didn't feel like either one of them had the best interest of the country in in their mind I feel like both of them absolutely had their own agenda um that they wanted to have play out and so I didn't feel like either of them were representative of me and to say that I did not want to vote for Hillary um, was a big deal because as a woman, it was expected that you vote for her because she's a woman. And I have a huge issue with that because I don't think you should ever support someone just because of their gender. You support someone because you want to support them. You feel like they are resonating with you for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, um, that there's something there that you want to support them. But the idea of supporting her and voting for her just because she's a woman, and if you're not supporting her as a woman, then you are like anti-women. So it's this whole weird, gross thing that was going on during that time. And for me, it's like looking at Hillary, and I wanna try to say this in a non-judgmental way because we are all connected, so we actually are all each other. We did a great exercise this past weekend where we had to go around in a circle um, in the retreat that I was leading and look at each person and point to them and say, I'm pointing to myself. And so you're pointing to them with all of their faults, with all of the beauty that they have and saying, I am you. So if I judge you, I'm judging myself. And if there's something about you that annoys the heck out of me, I have that trait as well. And I have the capability to express that trait. So I want to try to approach this from a non-judgmental way and just kind of approach it from what is seen and felt um, as opposed to saying everybody's just a bad person because I don't actually believe that. So with Hillary, for me, it was kind of still staying in the same paradigm of feminism 
Um, and don't get me wrong. I think the feminist movement was really important. And I've talked about that on prior shows. Um, it was absolutely necessary for us to go that route, for us to be strong and in more of a masculine mode in order for to get things done and get some change to happen. But for me, supporting Hillary and voting for her just because she's a woman and as a woman for me she's a she's in the very masculine energy um you know it's it's she's a, a woman but but being in a man's world and not as a woman but trying to be a man and i think that's part of where she fell short in 2016 is like she she wasn't approaching it from who she probably really is in her own wiring. She's like, I'm going to try to compete with a man as a man, even though I'm a woman. And it completely fell flat. And it fell flat for a lot of men, but it also fell flat for a lot of women too. It's just like, I don't resonate with you. You, I don't feel um, related to you. I don't feel like you are um, representing me. I don't, I do not connect with you as a woman because I feel like you're being a man. And that is how I felt with it. And so, you know, a lot of the words, wording of her, you know, that she seems really cold and not very kind. And that is how she was coming across because again, the feminine energy is very feeling. It's very emotive. And that doesn't mean you're run, walking around bawling your head off all the time or going into hissy fits. That's not what being emotive means. It just means that you can operate from a place of emotion in a healthy way and allow emotion to be seen allow emotion to be expressed and it war it there's a warmth about it there's a warmth about being in touch with your emotional side and again that doesn't mean that you're crying all the time that just means that you have a warmth about you because you can be emotional whether it's in public or not it doesn't matter but there wasn't any feeling of warmth from her and so you know she was saying in part of this in part of this um thing that she did that uh, the media showcased Trump's unscripted and uncensored boorish behavior, you know, and women were rallying. They were in pantsuits and, you know, you know, saying that everybody needs to wake up and we were doing it in very feminist places like Wellesley College and all of these things. And women all over the country needed Hillary to be the redemptor, to right the wrongs and to confer a power we have felt stripped from us. You know, it's, it's natural for us to look to a woman to help lead us home. But she says here, what happens when, in our desperation for the solution to be simplified, we allow ourselves to be duped? And this is what I feel happened. You know, we can't, you know, when we can't bear to scratch beneath the surface to recognize our own projections and how we participate in our own co-option. So it's hard, it's really hard to take a look at it from that perspective because there has been atrocities there have been horrible things that have happened to women women have been oppressed and repressed and looked at as objects and property and all those those things happen you know but at the same time when we go to classical feminism you know men versus women you know she says here it's burning bras it's fighting for what's ours it's throwing our lipstick away gunning for every shred of external validation offered to men from clothing to salary to parenting roles to confront you know frontline combat units it's no thanks i got the door for myself it's even cultivating aggression and hate and it may feel empowering but when we engage feminism primarily from the masculine energy it contributes to further our silent and chronic oppression i'm going to say that again this may feel empowering to say i got the door myself i can carry that myself i can do everything you can do and i can do it better it may feel very empowering 
but we're engaging feminism primarily from the masculine energy and it contributes further to our silent and chronic oppression okay and the thing about it is is that we're we're doing this from this mentality and if you didn't hear my show from last week go back and listen to it because I'm talking about burnout and this is part of what's happening with burnout is that we're saying we don't need and I mean I've heard feminist women saying we don't need men all men need to die, all of this crazy stuff. And it's not helping us. It's hurting us. It's making it worse. And so she says here, look at where this has gotten us. One in four of us is medicated beyond any contact with our own soul, our own body, which I talked about last, last week, let alone our own emotions or our own psyche. So we're basically flatlined at this point. We're neutered of our hormones, electively and passively, without true informed consent. We're placed in stirrups and are a moment of awakening, strapped and commandeered by men and women who seek to control and dominate through fear. We shear off our breasts and slice out our ovaries and uterine and vaccinate our babies to be safe and smart according to industry-defined standards. We have done this under the illusion of our sovereignty as we float more and more dis distantly away from the creative power, from the cosmic feminine energy, from the great divine mo mother of Adi Shakti. So we've, we're approaching everything from this masculine perspective. And even the, and it's, it's this, such a fine line for me because I want women to be able to stand up and, you know, and speak out against things that have been injustice. I want them to be able to protest. I want them to be able to engage and have these conversations. But we're starting to do it from this very aggressive place, and that's masculine. So we're not doing it from a place of feminine. And again, feminine does not mean weakness. It does not mean that you don't talk, you don't speak, that you sit down and shut up. That's not what it means. Feminine, the feminine has an, an amazing strength to it. You know, I liken this, I think I talked about this on the show a few weeks back of um, the feminine being like water. So it is strong, it is soft, and it is wild. So water is able to cultivate life. It's able to support life. It's able to give life in its softness. In its strength, it erodes earth and it can break down steel. And then in its wildness, it's like raging rivers and, you know, um, huge waves in the oceans. And then you think of like hurricanes and things like that. So that it has the full spectrum. So there is power in the feminine. But we think that the only valuable source of power as a woman, so there's a difference here. We think the only value of, of and actually, uh, you know, in just in our society in general, really. But we think the only value of power is aggression is forcefulness is you know forcing something to happen and it doesn't it doesn't work and it keeps backfiring on us and that's why you see the high level of medication i was reading a statistic not too long ago um and i don't recall where i read it it may have been in her book actually maybe i heard it in her book but it was talking about for white women age i think like 30 to 60 we make up 41 percent of patients prescribed antidepressants 40 so we are almost white women from 30 to 60 are almost half the users of antidepressants in this country and a large part of it is 
that we're approaching things from aggression. And then number two, if we bring in the other side, it's that when we go to the doctor, we're not being listened to because our voices are not able to be heard. But part of it again, is that we're approaching it from an imbalance of masculine and feminine. We're either being really aggressive or we're being really quiet. And there's no middle ground. We're not able to just speak truth and speak what's going on without being in one of the extremes, either overly aggressive or overly quiet and not saying anything at all. So we need to come in and find this balance. So what was happening during that election season, and again, I'm not paying a whole lot of attention this year, and that's on purpose, um, but it may be kind of the same thing. I don't know. It kind of has the the energetic feeling to it that it's kind of the same. Um, But what was happening back then is that everything was aggression. I mean, when you think about the debates and you think about, you know, especially when it got down to just Hillary and Trump and the anger and the, the hatred and on both sides, this is both of them. I know people were really more apt to point out Trump because he is, he just says things that are insane. Let's just be honest. The way that he speaks to me is really gross. And it's not that I feel like he needs to be, you know, super sweet and soft. I don't really feel that, but things that he says are so detrimental and they're so harmful to people. um, And it's always on the attack that it feels really gross to me. And so it would be, you know, that is who he is so i like have to honor that (laughs) to be honest i do have to honor that and it's also kind of like that i'm pointing to myself how can i be all of those things too because i absolutely can i have that capacity to behave that way certainly because i'm a human being but everything was everything about that there was so much upheaval and so much aggression and so much anger and hatred and everybody on either side needs to die it's like from the republicans republicans thought the democrats were all mentally ill democrats thought republicans were all mentally ill and everybody needs to die and and why do you think this way you shouldn't think this way and so there was just no there was no coming together it was just not going to happen there was so much and one of the things she was you know kind of saying in her article is actually you know kind of how important it was that that happened how important it was actually that trump was elected because it brought all of this stuff to the surface now again it would have been nice to have been looking at the smaller little beeping noises rather than the huge glaring alarm bells and start working on these these issues um, in a much more constructive way but it just it happened how it needed to happen it needed to just basically be a big explosion for people to start asking questions and start saying something isn't this isn't working something doesn't feel right you know, and so one of the things she says in here is she's talking about the wolf in sheep's clothing. And she said, you know, Hillary Clinton represents our tendency to be appeased with exactly what keeps us imprisoned. So this is kind of something we felt is common. This is how we have been kind of led up to this point that as women, we need to be men in order to quote unquote compete and be seen as any kind of value. Um, but she is not a feminist candidate, though she may appear to be. She is, in fact, a woman in sleep, in a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And she's an extreme, kind of an extreme example of the illusion of feminine progress with all the masculine principle foregrounded and her shadow elements kind of festering beneath the surface. And people could feel that about her. And shadow elements, that doesn't mean evil necessarily. When we go to shadow or say darkness, we automatically think evil. That's not what it means. It just means that there's things that are being suppressed that the light isn't shining on. Um, so there's a lot of examples of this. And, you know, she is a more extreme example, example but... 
it's telling us that this isn't working. We have to have, we have to find a new way to move forward. We have to find a new way to have a constructive conversation about these things. And you're not going to hear this kind of stuff from the mainstream media. And that's where we get most of our news from. And I love how she says here, you know, we fail to see the strings pulling on the marionettes as we take in the show. So we fail to see exactly what's happening from the people who are giving us the information and how they're being steered towards certain narratives to get reaction from us, to get um, acceptance from us, to get support from us, to make us, you know, kind of, you know, pull back and like kind of like, oh, this is really gross type of thing. So when we're voting for her, even though um, I kind of actually love this. I'm going to read this because I actually think it's really good. But, you know, she says to elect her because she has a vagina is a more aggressive act of sexism than it appears. And I know there's going to be people that don't like that. It is a vote for stasis in this story. It is a vote for the status quo. It is a vote for the world-destroying machine to which she is beholden. She's part of this whole machine, as we all are. It's why we women feel placated to have put a vaginal canal in the Oval Office. It's the excitement and celebration of illusory gains while we drift further away from the prospects of healing. So we're basically maintaining the status quo by putting her in the office just because she's a woman, number one, um, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, and because we're seeing that as progress and it's actually not, that's not real healing of um, what's been going on. That's not a real shift from the patriarchy into um, co-creation. And we're not, we're not wanting a shift to matriarchy. That is not the answer. And that is not, women don't have all the answers either. We can't do everything. Although we think we can, we can't. And by trying to do everything, we're actually making it worse because there's no complementary work there's no co-creation it's all constantly butting heads in competition seeing you know all vying for the power position and no one should ever be holding the full power position all the time there should be ebb and flow to it and bringing people up who have the strength to be in that position at this time and someone else who has the strength to be in position at another time but we're in constant battle over it so it's almost kind of like with trump being elected we, we kind of needed that to happen. Yeah, he's the embodiment of the old, gross, patriarchal, masculine exposed. Like, it was like in front of your face. You cannot, you cannot deny what it was. And she says, you know, the real gift in this moment in time is that we can look at what the unbalanced masculine in a man and a, and in a woman. Both of them were, both of them are completely in unbalanced masculine, in the unhealthy, the distorted version of the masculine. So it's like front and center of what it looks like in a woman and what it looks like in a man. We can use the insight to reframe our expectation for what an empowered woman and national leader can and will be. And it's not what Hillary was portraying. It's not what she was putting forth. It's not what she was bringing out because she was the status quo. And you can't you can't make changes and have progress from the same stuff. It's not going to work. You're going to continue the same thing. It's like, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So we've been doing the same thing over and over again in the world of feminism for the past hundred years. And it served us to a point. It is not serving us anymore. And if we continue down this path, we're going to go backwards. And we already are going backwards. We're, we're not gaining ground. We're losing ground. And when gaining ground does mean that we are in power gaining ground means that we bring in the feminine 
so that there is now a balance between the masculine and feminine and there's ebb and flow there. Neither one is not 50-50 all the time, but there's a balance there so we can actually work together. And this is not about creating a utopia where everyone sings kumbaya and holds hands and everyone just gets along. This is just about learning to support each other instead of constantly being at war with each other. This is learning how to debate and have different points of view and not want to beat the crap out of another person because they don't agree with you. This is just about being able to accept other human beings as they are and understanding that that human being as they are is you also so it's going to be really interesting to me to see what happens as this year goes on and we move into november and i'll probably talk about this again i would love to have kelly brogan on my show i don't know that that's feasible but heck you never know you can always ask so i'd love to have her on the show and have a further conversation about this but if not we'll continue this conversation because i think it's an important one and it challenges us to really think what it means to be an empowered woman and an empowered man for that matter because the imbalance is a disservice to men just as much as it is as it is to women they're cut off at the knees in a lot of ways and by us being the aggressor and thinking that men are not important it cuts them off at the knees even further that's like men don't even know how to interact with us anymore and you see the horrible examples of men on you know sitcoms as bumbling idiots who don't know anything and it's a huge disservice to both sexes and it's creating more consternation it's creating more divisiveness it's creating more butting heads and everyone again jockeying for power position and it's not creating any kind of balance so that we can actually try to move things forward and progress and bring some healing through the collective so It'll be really interesting to see what happens this year. We'll definitely keep this conversation going. I would really love to hear your thoughts on this because I know it's kind of a controversial topic to talk about um, Hillary from that perspective and a woman in a position of power who is um, displaying the energies that she's displaying. I know that that it's going to push some buttons and I totally get it. You know, and if you would, if I would have had this conversation 15 years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, you just need to vote. You need to vote for her because she's a woman. That's where I would absolutely was so coming into it from this different perspective it's challenging and it's challenging to have the conversation because I know I know the blowback I know the pushback on this and um, I'm what my challenge is to all of us is to start thinking about things from a different perspective and I'm not asking you to change your mind I'm not asking you to change your belief system or how you approach things just be open-minded to thinking that things don't need to be the way that they are now moving forward and we don't need to go backwards 100 years ago to find this quote unquote the good times you know we can create the good times moving forward it's up to us we have a choice in how we approach things you don't have to approach everything based on again what the talking heads are telling you find your own voice listen to your own internal wisdom and make your decision based off of that And if you don't like the candidates moving forward this year, don't vote because you're putting your energy into something that you don't believe in. And the democratic process is not about just going to vote because we have the right to vote. It's about standing up and saying, this is not representative of me and I cannot put my energy toward it. That is also a democratic process and one that should be valued in saying you don't just vote just to vote. You vote because you you believe in something and not voting is saying I believe in something it's not just being lazy so kind of take that into consideration as well as we move forward in this year and you know do the best you can to just go a little internal on this and again it's a different type of conversation it's it's a it's a difficult conversation but it's one that needs to be had if we have any hope of really moving forward and making actual 
progress as opposed to the status quo in moving backwards. So I love you all. I hope that gives you some food for thought and maybe some dinnertime conversation. <laughs> Hopefully you don't start screaming at each other and, you know, wanting to throw things across the room, but I get it. <laughs> the best you can, try not to throw a pie at anybody. But put yourself in some different shoes today. Think about it a little different way and see what you come up with. I'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. So you can always go to the Modern Feminine Conversation Facebook page and let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. So y'all have a great day. I love you all and I will see you next week.